0: Welcome back, everyone, to a special bonus episode of Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, where today, I don't know when you're listening to this, but I promised it on an upcoming WCW Saturday Night episode. I said I was going to bring back on Mr. Disrespectfully Classy Marky Blasty mm. back onto the show. Mm. You remember the last time he was here? He said we kind of planned out what we would do. We would go over the top five you know, devastating finishing maneuvers that actually could hurt someone and whatnot. So on that note, uh, if you are a patron, you are probably listening to this early. I'll drop this early for patrons. Uh, if you're not a patron, thanks for listening and consider becoming one at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. And we may do some video stuff uh, with some clips that we have later on in this show, and you'll be able to see that if you're not a patron. You can see that there. tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. If you are a patron, thank you very much. Uh, Dr. Blassie, let me welcome you back to the show. What's last, happening?
1: What's happening? <laughs>
0: the last time we talked... You cut a scathing promo on Philadelphia Eagles fans, and I caught, a, I caught a lot from that. But the problem was your quarterback failed you in the playoffs yet again.
1: <laughs> Man, um, let me tell you. Let me tell you. And it was against the 49ers yet again. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real. I'm always real with you, Mike, and to the Army. Uh, the minute Tony Pollard went down, um I took a few shots and um I started watching other stuff. <laughs> and then I came back cuz I knew I knew what was happening and then I was like okay something heroic is going to happen we're going to look like we got a little bit of hope and then failure. Um yeah. Poo Dak Dakota. Da- He's Dakota right now. He's Dakota right now. Um, I, I couldn't even get mad at Sedarian during that game either. I, I I couldn't ask anything more that that cat. So I don't have high hopes for this season. Um, I'm gonna hope for the best, expect the worst.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I think the Eagles are gonna be hard to deal with again, man.
1: Man, man. Um, all they did was just uh, just reload. I mean, I don't I don't know what else to. <sighs> That should be us. You that
0: see yeah, us. you see that, Eagles fans? I mean, he basically, he cut up. The man keeps it real. Look, he cut a promo last time on Eagles fans and, he, and the Eagles, but he just literally said, he gave you credit. I said, the yeah. Eagles are going to be tough. And he said, yeah, all they did was reload. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Man's I keeping can't. it real. Yeah, I can't. I mean, they've been to more Super Bowls in the past 10 years. I mean, they won one. Uh, I. Pff, <laughs> I can't uh, I mean I gotta I gotta eat my foot and uh just sit there until uh the first Eagles games when they, when we whoop their ass and then um bring them back down to earth. That's all. That's all. Eagles are endangered species.
0: <laughs> yeah, because cowboys are running rampant right now, right? Yeah they
1: are. Yeah they are and cowboys love guns. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, Um, On that note, so I if you listen to the Adrian, uh, not Adrian, the Abdullah, the Butcher Dark Side of the Ring review that Sparks and I did on Patreon uh, a couple weeks back, you would have heard me reference Dr. Blassie in that episode, because if you saw the episode, there is a moment in the episode where Hannibal uh, claims to have gotten hep C or a special strain of hep C. I'm not a doctor. That's why I got Dr. Blassie here Uh, on that episode. He, you know, he claimed it. He took Abdullah to court, all that good stuff. So I reached out to Dr. Blasi about it, you know, and I just kind of wanted to know, Hey, you know, give me the goods on this. You're a medical doctor. You know how all this stuff works. You know how, you know, these things spread. So, you know, give me the goods. And he sent me a, a, a brief message and I kind of read those responses briefly on air. Not, not all the way. I kind of tried to, to encapsulate what he said. So I thought it was a good idea to start this episode with Dr. Blasi explaining maybe his take on, and I'm not asking him to take Hannibal's side here. We, uh, we litigated that sparks and I did, but I'm, I want him to give his take on the spreading of, of, you know, bloodborne diseases essentially in the wrestling ring, not just in this incident, but overall. So Dr. Blassie, I'll throw it to you and you yeah. can share your thoughts on that episode and um what we just what we talked about off air.
1: Yeah, uh so just a quick health lesson everybody. Hepatitis C is a virus um that specifically aims for the liver and it is a permanent infection similar to other uh, viral infections like HIV, like herpes. Um, the, The importance of treating and identifying hepatitis C is because, one, it actually was given the name hepatitis C a little after HIV got the name HIV. And the reason why is because it pretty much came to discovery during that same epidemic in the 80s. And before it was actually just called non-typable hepatitis A and B. And then we got created and just called it hepatitis C. Um, the most important thing is over time it can cause liver damage, leading to liver failure, and uh, more importantly it can lead to and was the number one cause, still is the number one cause, of liver cancer. Now, I'm just going to cut a promo, or just, just, do an old Arne Anderson, uh, you know, tooting our own horns here in the uh, medical field, toot, toot, that viruses, hands down, are the most difficult things to physically cure. You have a cure for strep throat. You have a cure for syphilis. For a long time, there wasn't a cure for hepatitis C. And now we live in an age where there is. Um, And so if you ever think that there's no, uh, medicine doesn't want to cure diseases that's one thing so yes the leading cause of liver cancer has been cured by medicine you're welcome um in hannibal's case um i and i'm gonna work backwards on this um when he said he had a specific strain of hepatitis c which i i can believe that there was no medication 10 15 years ago the special therapy he got was um Essentially, the medicine we have in mass market today. He was part of a clinical trial where we test these things out. And it's not uncommon when we have patients with specific cancers, with specific infections that aren't responsive to the known medications we have now, to enroll those patients into trials of new meds. And that's how he got his treatment. Okay. Now, as far as how he spread it, so the, the, Two factors you've got to realize with hepatitis C. One, the easier it is to transmit is dependent on whoever the carrier of the virus is. If there's a lot of the virus in their bloodstream, then it's easier for them to transmit it. So it makes sense. It's easier, Mike, for me to uh, give you, let's say, toss a, a ball across a field, right, that's light oh um, well, actually, let me use a, a different analogy. I have a better chance if I had a thousand dogs on a raft and I sent them across a lake to you on the other side. That at least one of them is going to survive, as opposed to if I sent the raft with just two dogs. Does that make sense?
0: It does. It, it does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it does. And
1: so that's that's how. You, so that's one thing you've got to realize. And then. Hepatitis C is not the most stable virus within the atmosphere, a.k.a. amongst oxygen and carbon dioxide and such. And so warm body fluid needs to enter another human being directly into warm body tissue that isn't full of air. So what does that mean? It's harder to catch this virus if somebody spits in your ear or if mucus falls into your eyeball, okay? You usually need blood into an open wound, or in the case of sexual transmission, sexual fluid entering somebody directly, okay? And so when it comes to wrestling, the three things I noticed, just knowing Abdullah the Butcher's thousands of matches I've seen over my lifetime, and then what was described on the show was there was three main vectors, meaning the ways the virus was transmitted. One, could the razor blades do it? Yes, that, that is a plausible way to do it because if you've got very bloody uh, instruments like a razor, okay, with a lot of blood and there's a high viral load on that razor, and then you give it to somebody and you kind of wrap it up in a in a um tape gimmick or something like that where the oxygen tension's a little lower it's kept at a certain temperature and then all of a sudden you scratch somebody with it that is plausible another way if somebody has a high viral load and they're bleeding everywhere and it's just shooting all over a ring and you got a ref there and there's a lot of 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 People with a lot of skin exposure, maybe having a little micro tear on their skin, that's another way to transmit it. But I, I told you this, Mike, in, in our conversations off uh, air, the fact that they were doing these gig jobs where they were juicing, they were bleeding everywhere, and they were bleeding on top of one another— And if the classic scene of Abdullah bleeding and then biting somebody and then bite, you know, even though it was a work, you're still putting a a tooth on somebody's skin. You could tear that open and he's bleeding everywhere. That blood getting into that cut is the more likely and plausible way to do it. And this is a common practice we see in all the old wrestling uh, uh, shows. And in videos, we look at where you see these big old gig marks. And honestly, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised hepatitis and HIV isn't more spread amongst wrestlers.
0: You know, just just um, with
1: all that going on,
0: I got a bunch of messages because I I said that same thing after I talked to you. I got a bunch of messages on on faith on the official Facebook page. And a few people emailed me saying, well, Mike, how do you know? when you say you're surprised, it's not like they're going to walk around and broadcast it. And I'm like, well, yeah, I do. I do understand that, that, that wrestlers aren't going to walk around and broadcast. Hey, I obtained HIV in the ring in the eighties and nineties, or I got hep C in the mm-hmm. ring in the in eighties the or nineties. But I, but my point is the reason I say, I can't believe it didn't happen more is um, like Dr. Blassi just said, uh, I'll talk about HIV just for a second. Like, how many wrestlers from that era have you heard that have died, um, that obtained HIV and then died from AIDS or, you know, in, in Dr. Blasi's case. And I know a lot of wrestlers have, have died due to cancer. You talked about hep C, one of the leading, uh, I guess it what it does to your liver, it can cause liver cancer. I don't know how mm-hmm. many wrestlers have died from liver cancer. So, yeah, that is a point. That's a good point that a lot of folks made to me. Um, yeah, because nobody's going to walk around broadcasting that. Hey, I got yeah, this no. from wrestling. Yeah. So, but to that point, I think the greater point is, you know, you and I grew up watching these bloodbaths from, I mean, not just Abdullah and Brody and whoever. There was a lot more than that in I think it's amazing that you don't hear more about just people obtaining bloodborne illnesses, even though you're saying, well, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to broadcast it. Yes, I agree. That's a great point everybody made when they said that to me. At the same time, I'm still surprised that that there's just not more times when you hear about, it, especially yeah. HIV, when we think about HIV mm-hmm. and that scare during the 80s and, you know, during the 80s specifically. But I mean, it's it still lives on. So there's a great point you made. And um, I totally agree.
1: Yeah. And and just not only just with the way they used to wrestle, I mean, their extracurricular activities. I mean, good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially like the free birds. You know, and Ric Flair and the horsemen and stuff, I mean, it's just it it just baffles me. It really <laughs> does. Now, of note, and just to educate uh the audience here, uh, one of the main things we have to do in primary care is test anybody who is a baby boomer for hepatitis C. The majority of cases of hepatitis C are within the baby boomer generation. And the reason being was we just didn't know it was there we didn't know to test for it and a lot of people just never got tested for it and hepatitis c is one of those viruses that can just hang around for years and years and years until we see your liver enzymes or your liver uh, uh, lab work are off we see a weird lump on your ultrasound or a scan Incidentally, and so that's so when when they were saying Abdullah knew Abdullah knew, you'd be surprised. A lot of people in that dude's age range have no idea. You know, none. Yeah, none. And it, and it's one of those things. It's we just didn't know. But I think that was you know we we say in medicine that was just a, a badge of honor that just spread around from the old hippie free love Woodstock days.
0: That's interesting. So like you said, they, they have it, have no idea. I mean, let's be real. A lot of people don't even get regular blood work. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Interesting. And let's be, and let's be honest. I, I mean, in the stats show, uh, black men, typical men in general, but black men typically don't go to the doctor. Yeah. Okay. And, and so that it did not surprise me to hear that. And then all of a sudden, Hannibal's uh, tested positive and it's just like, well, you know, uh, there we go. I hate to say it like that, but hey, this is how he that's probably how Abdullah probably found out. And it's just like Nigel McGinnis. I believe he had hepatitis B. And yeah. it's it's one of those same situations where it's like he probably just got a regular just like Hannibal is just getting a blood screen and just like, hey, I got hepatitis B. What the hell? Because that's another um liver virus that can potentially become a chronic or a long-standing permanent infection and can cause uh liver cancer in its own right. And so and it's transmitted the same way. You know, either blood into warm body cavity or sexual contact.
0: I could tell you in Louisiana, I think in I think it was 2002 maybe 3 uh, the w- Louisiana Boxing and Wrestling Commission started, if you were a wrestler or a boxer, you had to get, and they started the HIV test, where before then, you just had to get licensed. You, you didn't have to provide blood work. And then you started to have to provide blood work. I'll never forget, all the indie wrestlers down there back then were like, oh, shit. They didn't want to know. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like kind of scary. You're in your 20s. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so... A lot of people that was there for, I I can tell you right now, that was my first blood test um, back then. And, you know, I was 26 years old. I mean, I did, man. I I can't lie. I was like, you know, you're just terrified. You don't want to know what you don't know. But, but, and then I remembered a few years after that, and hopefully I'm getting my timelines right. They started requiring not only HIV, but Hep C. I don't know why Hep A and B weren't on there, but it was HIV and hep C you had to provide your blood work on. And I think to this day, well, I don't think I'm on to this day. I could ask Harper. He would know, uh, cause he'd have to be screened for it every once a year, uh, to get his license. I think to this day, they, they still require it in Louisiana. I mean, here's the thing, uh, very, you know, States have different laws. So some States don't even have a boxing and wrestling commission, uh, either, or, mm-hmm. uh, some States, you know, have one, but don't require blood work. um, You know, so there's various laws for all the states are different. Um, I can tell you many of the states I wrestled in, I feel like half of them had it and half of them didn't. But, you know, I I didn't wrestle in all 50 states either. However, I think it's a good idea that they have it. You know, the the earlier you catch it, the better. I mean, let's be real.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, now, the reason they don't do hepatitis A is because hepatitis A is like the common cold compared to the other ones. Like oh, okay. if you, one it's a it's a common vaccine for kids Two, if you catch it and it's easy to catch it your your body will kick it out b is is a little bit more difficult uh to catch compared to hepatitis c and i and really the the hiv hepatitis c it was just because they came together at the same time like that 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 epidemic that hit in the 80s hepatitis c was like the the quiet epidemic that uh not a lot of the populace uh know that was happening at the same time and so it's almost like scars from the past
0: interesting so to recap before we move along um and discuss anything else with this you like you said in the in the episode they mentioned abdullah had the razors on his finger and he's hitting Hannibal in the head you, while, while you're saying that is obviously a way depending on conditions, you know, humidity, mm-hmm. temperature, all that stuff. That is a way to get it. If you have a, a razor with a, enough viral load on it. Um, but the other way you said just was, you know, both parties have open wounds and there's just a lot of fluid, you know, blood fluid, yeah. bodily fluid, just mixing and jarring against each other. That mm-hmm. is, thats you know, essentially. So do you, I mean, obviously you have no idea, but do you think, so to you, it sounds like it's more common that there's just the open wounds kind of just spreading fluids is like the almost a more common way rather than actually the razor that Abdullah would have used on him.
1: Yeah, because um, I would say every time you saw Abby with a very bloody head and one of his common moves was a headbutt, to somebody else who was juiced, to me, I would put my money on that's where uh, we had transmission. Or when when somebody is on top of somebody who's bleeding and they're bleeding and they're and they're in that, you know, like they're acting like they're choking them and such, and some of those drops of blood are just dropping on them. Yeah. You know, that's it right there. I, I would I would give that more credence as the way. And that's something that that happens in a split second but that's
0: all you need. Yeah. You know, and and this is all speculation, allegedly talk. We're not speaking in, in, in 100% yes. no, no, certainties. No. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, want to make, but, but I, I wanted Dr. Blassie to talk through it because it's, it's such a, like I said, I had a long discussion with sparks that night. We talked a lot about it. Um, mm-hmm. just because it was just that whole episode, the thing about that episode. And I think you kind of shared this thought with me too, is like, the problem with that episode is Hannibal's just not a credible person. Like, no. he's not the moral authority. And so a lot of us have trouble with that part. We're like, oh, my God, this guy is not, you know, somebody to be trusted. And yet here we are talking about him. Um, it's like, can we can we get an actual baby face here?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. My like, I, I'm sorry. Nobody was checking for you, Hannibal. Nobody was checking for you. You weren't. You weren't gonna turn into a uh, Randy Orton or John Cena or any of that. No, no. You were a big, tan, beefy boy at the time when that was like a dime a dozen in the WWE at that point. You know, yeah. like Mark Jindrak, right? Reich, yeah. Chuck
0: Palum-
1: Palumbo, Stasiak, all them. So, uh, uh, bro, man, get, get out of here.
0: Get out of right. here with that. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we talked about that, too. We were like, come on, dude. Do you do you think you're going to be the next John Cena? I mean, like, are yeah. we serious here? They they came across, look, here. I have no way of knowing this for sure. I mean, who knows, right? But at the end of the day, I do not think for a second that this dude was going to be the next big thing when guys his size were a dime a dozen. It's like, yes. come on. <laughs> I mean, you just, you, at this point, you're just blowing yourself for the sake of blowing yourself during mm-hmm. that episode. Um, so, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm like,
1: I hate that dude. I really do. I really He's just,
0: I it's really like, crazy. seriously, dude. I told Sparks this, and again, this is all allegedly in speculation. Mm-hmm. I said, how much did he pay them to be on that show? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I want to know. Um, again, I'm just having fun. I don't know that to be true for or not, but it yeah. just was my thought. Um but thank you for the description and being yeah. so, you know, just explaining it all to us folks who have no idea how all that medical stuff works, right?
1: Oh yeah, and and this is to anybody in the army that is a baby boomer. Uh one, if you don't have a PCP at this point, you need to ASAP cuz you're getting into your golden years if you're a younger baby boomer, right? And two, Make sure you get screened for hepatitis C. And if you are sexually active, make sure you get screened for all sexually transmitted infections. And I'm specifically talking to the men of the army because we're the ones that typically don't get screened for these infections.
0: Yeah, that's a fact, man. Right? I've been better. I've been better. Like as I've gotten older, I, I can tell you right now, my you know twenties, thirties, uh, probably when I mid thirties, I started getting a little bit more serious about it because at that point both of my parents had died, and I was like, you know what, you gotta really start realizing you're next in line. So let's uh let's um you know you got kids to take care of. Let's make sure we just get checked out for things. And uh, I I actually I'm with Doctor Blassie. Look, man, get yourself checked out. Don't don't not do it because you want to catch things early and that's a hundred percent like
1: mm-hmm.
0: only that's the only way you got a fight and chance, right? Catch it right.
1: early. Right. You know, huh. and it helps us out, you know, uh, cause huh. seriously, um, the, I will, I will say this with confidence. All sexually transmitted infections at this point have some way of treating it. Yeah. Okay. Not all have cures, but we can suppress and get them under control to where the, the lifespan of a human being doesn't get affected. And that is, I couldn't say that 10 years ago. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just happy. I'm able to say that. And that yeah, includes HIV. Thing.
0: That's a big thing to say, man. That's a, yeah. that's something. Um, All right, Doctor Blassie, Anything else on Hannibal, Abdullah, the dark side episode? Before we get into these, uh, your top five finishers that could really do some damage to folks.
1: Man, only last thing I'll say is Hannibal is a jobber. The end.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! yeah, that's it. When that dude started talking in that Abdullah, I'm like, my head wanted to explode. I'm like, they spent half an episode on. on this during abdullah's episode and then sparks thank you sparks made a a good i think it was sparks and a few other people actually told me this too sparks said look they they should have put it in there but it should have been like five minutes not the half of it and then i had a bunch of friends tell me they just should have gave that clown his own episode like
1: that could have been part two
0: or something like, and then I'm even, I even battle with myself on that. Cause I'm like, I don't want to see an episode with that dude. But I, but I wanted Abdullah to get more time besides that.
1: Yeah, so. man. I, I'm telling you just, uh, it, it just that, that whole, cause that, that's what pissed me off about that episode was that, is that it spent so much on that to where, when, When I have kids, my kids are going to be like, oh, this is Abdullah the Butcher, as opposed to uh, the monster they presented in the first part of that episode. It's like they could have they they seriously could have done an entire episode of the best runs he had with a given manager in a territory. That's how good Abdullah was as an attraction. You know, they put him with a heel manager somewhere in the territory and he just goes crazy.
0: And t- like Tony Atlas was really good because like he explained, like he's like, man, people were terrified of Abdullah. And I'm like, dude, you ain't lying. I'll never forget the first time I saw him. I was like, holy shit. Who is this fucking dude? He is scaring mm-hmm, the shit mm-hmm. out of me. I was a little kid. I mean, him and i mean kamala scared the shit out of me but it was a little different but abdullah scared the living shit out i was terrified because he just i really believed he was just this savage of a human being who you know maybe he was a cannibal and drank people's blood not drank people's blood but caused people to bleed and just scarred him i mean he terrified me he was terrifying Mm -hmm. so yeah
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yep all right um, oh, let me get the video. Let me get the video. Animal, version I'm going. sorry.
1: I worked myself up into a shoot. OK, go
0: ahead. <laughs> I want to get the video version going for this next portion. So if you're listening to this, this is the uh, second half of Dr. Blassie and I, uh, who's returning to the show. And if you, I'm sorry, if you're watching this on video, this is what this portion is. So last time Dr. Blassie was here, we talked about legitimate finishing maneuvers that. I don't know. Did we want to say could kill someone or really do them damage? And, and maybe it's not a top five, but it's five that you thought of that were like, if you really did this to somebody, you can cause some damage. Is that a fair right. way to say it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because these five, and they kind of go all over the gambit, but it's, if you actually think about it in the world of K Fabe and what they're actually trying to do, and then, what would actually happen if you did this to somebody in real life? This is a now we are not encouraging anybody to do this, and these are some of the parameters I want to give out, Mike. One, we're saying, Hey, this might really hurt somebody, potentially kill somebody. Two, Hey, this thing does a lot more damage than you think, and this is why it would cause a knockout or a pinfall. I am not saying these are practical moves. This is what we've got to really lay out is these are not practical moves, but could they actually work? And this is what we're going to be presenting.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. They're not practical. It's could they really work? I mean, and the other thing too is like, for example, we don't have the pile driver in, in these, but if you legitimately pow drove someone, not only mm-hmm. could you break their neck, as in the case that we've seen over the years, but you could also kill them. I mean, it's just yeah. how it works. Yeah,
1: and we've seen that. Right, we've seen, Unfortunately, we've seen the horrors of that move, so we don't really need to go into that move. And it's yeah. the same as like a power bomb. I don't really. I don't think there's any utility in explaining why if somebody is over six five and they bring you upward in a spinning motion in a tumbling motion and then slam you straight down on your back and the back of your head, how that would knock somebody out. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's obvious.
0: I saw it happen on an indie show. Once guy powered by another guy and just knocked him out. Clean. He was out. yeah, (laughs) he was seeing stars. Okay, um, I didn't ask you, Doctor Blassie, Which one did you want to look at first? I know you texted me a while back, but is it? Did you want to go in a particular order as we uh, watch these videos? Uh,
1: no, we can just throw
0: them up. Okay, so I'm a few minutes into this uh, honky talk man one, but uh, do you want to talk about the move before Honky Tonk does it?
1: Yeah. And so, this is the Shake, Rattle, and Roll Netbreaker. So, this was made famous by the Honky Tonk Man. And um, we really remember this because he held the Intercontinental Championship forever. Now, yeah. I, I, did Gunther finally break it? Or he's close to it? Um, I can't remember. I should have looked at
0: I can't either. I can't either. Yeah.
1: But he was like, right there. So, you know, I know they're gonna give it to Gunther. But, um... In general, this has been seen as one of the worst finishers ever. Uh, Because Honky (laughs) Tonk Man, let's be real, is not, from a a non k standpoint, is not the greatest technical wrestler. But in a (laughs) K-Fabe standpoint, if hold it right there, Mike. Hold it right there. Let me
0: go back some. Let me go back some. I'll go back. My bad.
1: Yeah. So the whole setup to it is he does a shake like Elvis. Okay? So he shakes his pelvis. Now, that is nothing but a taunt. Okay, so I can't add anything in you, but this is where we are. If we look right here on the video, okay, he is in the process of the rattle, and this is where the move is unique from a normal neck break breaker. Notice how he has the guy's head in the headlock or front lock position on the left side. He's actually got the arm that uh, I believe that's Jim Powers. Yeah. Um, he's got his left arm up. So what that's going to do is one, you're going to stretch out what's called the brachial plexus. Brachial means arm in Latin. Plexus is network. It's the network of nerves that controls your entire upper shoulder all the way down to your fingertips. Okay. Hmm. If you stretch that out, you can start to dead arm somebody. Okay. Um, And just to see the effect of that, it's the compression of the brachial plexus at the root of the spine in his neck, because that's where they all come from, is in the cervical uh, spine, which is your neck. That's exactly what happened to uh, Mr. Wonderful when he had his neck issues. He was cutting those nerves off. That's why that atrophy started to happen, and he had to lift his arm up because those nerves were just out. So that's a very important weak spot in the human body. So if you stretch that out and if you have that tight front lock position and you start to rattle, not only are you going to stretch out the brachial plexus, but you're also going to stretch out the neck. Stretching out the neck, what that's going to do is it's going to decrease the recoil ability to protect the neck. From rapid movement of head position. Okay. So the honky tonk man is really setting him up to really at most dead or at least dead arm him and disorient him. Okay. And that's huh. before the neck breaker. Okay. So if we see that play out in it.
0: Okay. Boom, okay. Yeah.
1: And you saw how he just kind of swung them. That's the rattle. So he's stretching out that C-spine. And also what that's doing to the muscles around the neck, it's stretching them out to where they're already going to start to spasm. So you don't even have any muscular cushion for the neck. Okay. And then when he rolls, okay, so the roll with it, and he launches his whole body weight. So this is the most dangerous part of this move. Okay. Okay with his whole body weight now jumping and he's focusing it all on somebody's neck and head. So this is where it can get potentially very dangerous. One, you can definitely cause a herniation, a blown disc in his neck. Also, if done strong enough and fast enough, okay, you can possibly cause a minor dislocation within the C spine, which is the cervical spine. Now, would you necessarily break the neck as a, uh, compared to a regular neck breaker, swinging neck breaker? Not in this position, okay? Because you would need a little bit more force and you would actually have to tilt the jaw upward at an angle to really stretch out those muscles to really crank the neck, to cause an outright, like a Hollywood neck break. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That's and interesting. So it actually makes sense that he won so many matches with it.
0: Man, I, I used to watch that finisher and I used to think, man, it's bullshit. Nobody would ever be hurt from that. All right. <laughs> when I was young. <laughs> um, Because all I saw it as was like basically a modified swing and neck breaker. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listening to your explanation, you're the doctor, so I'm going to be like, all right, yeah, I are yeah, right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, now, but it is I, interesting. I, I will say this. if Is it more? Uh, it's not as effective as a regular swinging neck breaker because he's doing a lot more to do something that, that really is less damaging and more flashy than anything. Gotcha. You know, hey, yet again, in the K-Fabe
0: sense, k sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, and the thing was, I don't, the thing that used to kill me was, Honky Tonk Man never really looked like overly aggressive. So when he would do it, I just would kind of be like, oh boy, here we go again with that bullshit, you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I, Honestly, if you'd ask asked me to describe in a K-Fabe way, you know, what hurts so much, or what is supposed to hurt so much about Honky Talk, Shake, Rattle, and Roll. I would have never be, never even thought of the stuff you talked about with the arm. The thing that would have got me would have been, oh, you know, it's a it's a swinging neck breaker, so the pressure is just on his neck and nothing else. Like, that would have been the kayfabe answer. I, I would have never thought of the arms and everything that you just described there. But, you know, that's why you're a doctor and went to medical school. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I ain't gonna um, no lie. I' gonna lie, Mike. I'm telling you, this is the one though. I watched. I watched so. I, I haven't watched so many Honky Tonk Man matches in my entire life within a one day <laughs> period. Like I'm telling yeah. you, this past Saturday, I was just looking at a bunch of matches. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, all right.
1: And, and I didn't understand why Vince kept the title on him so long until I went on a marathon, and then I started getting it. I started getting it. Because the crowd ate it up.
0: Yeah, know? they did.
1: Yeah, right. Because even after a while, he didn't even have go away heat with me. Like I, he just had heat. Yeah, <laughs> he just had heat with me, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I hate. I remember, I hated him. I was like, oh my god, this guy seriously. Right. And he just had the smug look and the stupid Elvis look. It just, mm-hmm. yeah, he
1: just. <laughs> it's like
0: dude, this, this dude seriously.
1: Yeah, right. Of all people to beat Ricky St- Steamboat, like you got to be kidding me. You're right. <laughs> exactly. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> Boy, if there's
0: ever a, like a polar opposite, right? Those two, Steamboat <laughs> and Honky Tonk Man. Really? Is this what we're doing? Right. <laughs> okay. All right. Any other thoughts on the Honky Tonk Man?
1: Man, that's it. Well, underrated finisher, man. Right there.
0: So I'm pretty sure I know what we're about to go to with jyd here but i'm gonna let you uh tell me what we're looking for here in the finish uh I'm, you want to talk about this one
1: yeah so this took all of uh five seconds for me to really diagnose but let me tell you i watched so much jyd because you know why not okay. yeah <laughs> um, and so simply put so the big thump and and let's just start this is in general the running power slam so if we have Bill Watts, we have JYD, we have British Bulldog, we have anybody doing it. It's there's there's a lot of things going in there that you really don't realize is happening. But there's a lot of what we call blunt force trauma happening. And simply put, blunt force trauma, easiest way I can describe it, you're not getting stabbed, okay, and you're not getting um um sliced or swiped out, you're not getting shot. You got a bat, you got something flat like a chair, you get hit with it. And there's just a lot of force over a broad area. Okay? And so, the first thing, and if we um, set it up with, if we go to where he's just got him on his shoulders, got him in the the body slam position. Okay, so the first thing, so the first thing that's happening here, okay, if we have and yet again, this is the end of the match. So we have damage to the head. So we've got some strikes to the face. We've got a little swelling to the face. With you going upside down, you've already got damage to the face that's causing inflammation. Inflammation is your is your body's mechanism to call the troops and repair tissue. Well, it's going to force... Uh, fluid there anyway so if you flip somebody upside down and it's in your face now you've got a lot of fluid going to your face going to those upper airways namely in the nose so you're actually decreasing how much air can actually get in therefore your body is going to get more and more worn down being in that position okay on top of being disoriented okay so that's the little thing right there okay now, if we watch him with Mr. Roop here, Mike.
0: All right. Stop it. Oh, I'll oh. go back a little bit. Oh, okay. no, no. That, that's good. That's good. Right here is good? Okay. okay.
1: Yeah. So you see how he just slams him down, okay? The number. So there's a number of places that we're having blunt force trauma, too. It's all concentrated in the top part of your back and then in your chest. Okay. Now the amount of force it takes to break a bone in the human body is essentially about 4,000, uh, actually not even 4,000. I think it's about 35, um, or the 3,500 pounds of force, right? Which is essentially the equivalent of somebody just kicking you like a horse. Okay. or, If a big dude that's 260 pounds slams you with all of his might with gravity, okay, and then he lands on top of you. So what's going to happen is, one, the weakest ribs, the ones that are lower in the rib cage, if you feel your chest and you go to where that breastbone ends, okay, the rest of your ribs essentially attach to that part of your chest with soft bone, okay? That's the area where we do compressions for CPR at. So that point right there, you could one, break those ribs. Two, break the tip of your breastbone. Three, you will knock the wind out of somebody because that's exactly where those almighty solar plexus are. And the main muscle of respiration is right there. The major nerves that control said muscle, are there. That's how you get the wind knocked out of you. On top of that, the kidneys are right at the lower, weaker ribs, and that compression force, you could potentially bruise those kidneys outright, or with the break of those ribs, you can puncture those kidneys. Okay. Now, it's worse because JYD was the master of doing it and flying upward his damn self and landing on top of somebody as a little extra umph.
0: Yeah, he would if, always bounce off of the guy. It'd be right. crazy. Like you right. see it on this one. He bounces off. Like he hit he drop, he goes down with roop and boom he bounces up and bounces back down on him.
1: Right. And that's just dead weight. And yeah. so what you're doing even more is collateral damage. Could you have a rib that goes into your lung? Could you go have a rib or a crush injury to your heart to where you may actually develop bleeding around the heart. Okay. And in much like in our last episode, we were talking about uh, Mr. Hamlin and having a, a commotial cordis. If you did this at the wrong time in the heart rhythm, this is a good way to stop somebody's heart. Because you're recreating what we're doing for CPR, okay? And the whole point of CPR is to just get enough pressure to what? Pump blood through the heart for you because your heart stopped, okay? And, it, and in uh, ER medicine, there's a machine we have when we get tired and we can't do, or if it's a big person and we can't do adequate chest compressions. And just to let y'all know – in the ER, guys, if we don't break y'all's ribs when we're trying to uh, do CPR, we know we're not doing a good job, okay? There is a machine that is literally a jackhammer, and we put it over that that tip of your breastbone, okay, and get it going. And it just starts pumping like a jackhammer. It's a machine. And you know what it's called, Mike? It's called the thumper. <laughs> Ironically,
0: <laughs> it's called the thumper.
1: Yeah. Yeah, whenever we we bust that thing out, we we definitely if and especially like sometimes uh, the ambulance, they may have it on their um, on their truck. If they got to bust that out, I tell folks, move, get out the way. You know, even if they're still trying to look in, just like, no, you don't want to see this. You don't want to hear this thing. Wow. Okay, because it literally is a jackhammer and it just goes and it's like, I mean, it's going in there. Okay. And ironic, so, they
0: call it the thumper. That's what's funny to me.
1: Right, <laughs> right, right. I knew you'd like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because obviously, you know, right. his move was the thump. So, yeah. hmm That's crazy,
1: man. So, anytime you see that running power slam, especially the way JYD did it with his big ass just going up and then landing on somebody like a little splash like that, you're causing a high level blunt force trauma. You're you're causing a lot of compression force. Okay. And and I'm not even talking about spine stuff. You know, you could have some bruising there. You could have all this, uh, you know, you could, depending on where he landed, you know, if he landed on your collarbone bone in the right angle, he could break that. But the main thing is getting at that left, that tip of your breastbone, and concentrating all your force there. That's how you win the match, because your wind is coming out of you.
0: So do you think the main re- this is this is actually this one fascinates me and is more interesting than the honky tonk man one do you yeah. think because i can actually i've taken this you know a power slam like that yeah. do you think the reason you people don't legitimately suffer any kind of you know trauma that like you're discussing is because I mean, well not I I don't answer my question as I ask it. The ring gives. That's the reason they don't they don't yep. they don't yep. suffer anything. The ring gives so they flex in with it and it absorbs the blunt, you know, the the trauma exactly. that the body because if you did this, if you actually I mean, you see guys get body slammed on the floor, but it's a little different if you watch. A lot of times they'll fetal hit first. There's a there's a way they do it so it's not too bad. Um, I've also taken backdrops on a concrete floor, and even then, it, you could feel the shock in your body. But if if JYD power slammed a guy like that, not in the ring, but actually on a concrete floor, um, the outcome would probably be different for a shoot.
1: Yeah. Oh or
0: yeah. Well, maybe I, would, I don't say probably, maybe.
1: I would. I would probably hear cracks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, your, the ribs would get crushed.
0: <laughs> it's just it, that one is more. That one is more fascinating to me because the thump the way i always saw it was it it was impressive looking because these guys would come down so hard that they would hit the ring and literally would spring back to him and that's what you would see with him when he would bounce off of the guy um mm-hmm. so anyway this, one, this one's this was definitely a lot more interesting than the uh shake rattle roll
1: yeah and and it's and it's a combination of you're exactly right the fact that the ring gives is the number one thing because I, I one story I remember from Nick Bockwinkle, him explaining how he got broken into the business. And when he said his dad power slammed, not power, slammed, body slammed him on a mat. And he said he didn't move. And he just remembers them leaving the gym and closing out the, you know, closing the gym like an hour or two later. And he was still on the ground. And it's and and it's that reasoning right there. There was no give yeah you know and he didn't know how to land and that's the other thing so yeah when they're smacking their hands when they land their feet first you're dissipating that energy
0: well yeah when you take honestly when you take any kind of bump i mean I, i'm sure most people listen to this notice by now even if you've never taken a bump in a ring or in a, on a concrete floor you you disperse the energy across as much as possible so you take it on your back you Put your arms out to I mean you you try to evenly distribute it as much as possible across across your body to feel less of an impact it's just it's just a distribution thing at that point which again in the ring because the ring the, the ring gives obviously you don't feel it as bad but you're on a concrete floor I can tell you haven't taken you know hip tosses, backdrops, um, clothes lines, I've taken bumps on concrete floor, and let me tell you, you ain't falling from far, but you you if it literally feels like a shock going through your body. I don't know how how else to describe it. Where in the mm-hmm. ring, you hit the madness like, eh, all right, you know that wasn't horrible. Um, on the floor is a totally different story. But this one, this one is interesting because I can see where you got a whole lot of trauma just happening right there when when oh, the yeah. like this slams you. All right. Um any other thoughts on JYD's big thump?
1: Yeah, it, it underrated. I think his his version of it is underrated. I think that move in general is underrated um because it's one of it's one of the few moves that I remember loving growing up and I know could still go get over. Um if you look at Braun Strowman, he got that over because if you have the right person who does it and it looks vicious it gets over. Oh, you know, yes. and it's simple. Yeah. And it's such a simple move for a big guy to do. Yeah. And it's super effective because everybody has fallen weird or on their back at some point in their life. And they're just like, Ooh, I'd only imagine if somebody was putting some oomph with that, I'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah love that. Sure. One of my favorite moves.
0: 100%. And it's JYD. So, of course, we got a soft spot for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, the next one is a compilation. Well, I'll let you explain it. Booker T. What what about what about what Booker T does? Yeah, so Booker
1: T man, the scissor kick, uh love it. This this is what a uh definitely a, a move we know Booker T was known for uh was a finisher for him amongst other moves and I I think just because it got so he spammed it a lot um, in his later years. Plus, uh, it got WWE gimmicked, and and it just never looks as as vicious and as deadly as it really is. And it, this may out of all the ones we're doing, this actually might be uh, the most dangerous one that could legit do some serious damage. And, I- it's, and Go ahead.
0: So here let me tell you, because most people I think listen to this and go, really? The scissor kick? It's nothing. No, hold on, one second. I, I'm I know nothing about the medical field other than I know how shit feels when you get hit. And when you get hit in the back of the head, even if you know it's coming, I, I don't know the medical reason, but you will potentially black out or be so stunned it rings your bell. And you just are kind of there in the moment. And for me, whenever I used to watch him do this, and again, having been hit in the back of the head by a move similar to this, there's two things that I always thought. One is the hit in the back of the head, which sometimes it went across the guy's neck. Let's be real. Because he was working Mm -hmm. two was if you're if somebody for a shoot legitimately did that to you while you were just leaning over and hit you in the back of the head would just say a board or even their foot. Or heal. The next thing that's going to happen is because you're out, you're going face first into some concrete. And then you're going to hurt your skull that way in the front. So right. I always looked at that move and I was like, holy shit, if, th- if that was real. And again, it doesn't look like the most devastating finisher ever. but if But if it was, if it was legit, I always figured trauma to the back of the head, trauma to the front of the
1: head. And, and that's perfect, Mike. I'm glad you said that, because that's a perfect setup to what I'm going to say with that, because it's the fact that it is the back of the head that makes it so dangerous. And it's so good to know from your perspective, like, hey, you get hit there. This is what happens, because everybody, the way the brain is set up to in a simple part of the thing that makes you unique as a person, the thing that gives you social cues and knowing, hey, I should not pee in public. I learned that as a kid, and now I don't do it, right? All that's in the front part of your brain, okay? That front part of your brain is what makes us unique as people and gives us higher thought. The back of your brain is your primitive centers. So what do I mean? The drive to breathe, back of the head. The, the nerves that connect to your eyeballs go all the way to the back of your head. The parts of your brain that we learn balance and technique, the reason why you learn how to drive and you just know it, you never forget how to ride a bike, back of the head. All that primitive stuff is there, okay? And so when somebody is bent over like that with their head... Um, kind of lazily down so their chin is going towards her chest so now like I said earlier with the shake, rattle, and roll, you've opened up that whole cervical spine so from the cervical spine to the legendary, what did Gorilla say? External occipital protuberance <laughs> yeah. okay? So guys, yeah. where, where you feel your hot dog meat in the back of your head that little ridge on your skull, that's what that yeah. is <laughs> that's where those important centers are, okay? That's where they are. And so Booker T being what? 6'4", six, 6'5", six, 200 and some pounds, right? It's not a small dude. And right. he's coming with a kick that has momentum with gravity. Now, I have this broken up in a few ways, okay? So one, it's going to be a combination depending on what hits you. The blunt force trauma, if his calf hits you, okay, one, at minimum, if it hits the back of your head, you're getting a concussion. Yep. Okay. At minimum. Okay. But in general, what he's causing is what we call a traumatic brain injury, meaning anything that causes injury to the brain that's not coming from an infection or some other uh, uh, disease process. Okay, so AKA like a car accident or combat. Okay, if he hits you there, you can get a concussion or worse, you can get a brain bleed very easily in that area. Okay, you have veins that are carrying blood flow in that part of your brain, and veins are kind of outside the outer covering of your brain within your skull. Those things can break very easily, and they leak blood, and that's something that cannot that that might cause problems the next day or the day after, when that small leak, just like in your house, when that small leak becomes a river, and then all of a sudden your your roof caves in. Yeah. Okay, that's one thing. Or two, if he hits it hard enough, especially if he hits you with the heel of his boot. Okay, one if he hits you with the heel of the boot and you're getting all that force in the back of your head, you're cracking your skull. Okay. Or you hit your head hard enough to where you tear membranes within your, uh, brain, tear blood vessels within your brain. And that can cause a brain within your head. And then that will cause what we call a hemorrhagic stroke. Meaning the reason why your blood, the blood isn't getting to your brain is because it's coming out of your brain. Okay? On top of that, if he hits you on the neck with the heel, if he hits you in the upper part of your neck, that's grounds for, one, dislocating a disc or a par, or, or a neck bone. Or if you notice in this compilation, I should have marked it in, if you hit somebody right, Christian takes this move and he pretty much DDTs himself because he went straight down to the ground face yeah. first. Okay. Which is then can cause what? Not only a traumatic brain injury from the outright striking force in the back of the head, but then you get the outright trauma from the frontal part of your skull hitting the mat this scissor kick is one of the most <laughs> dangerous moves you could do to somebody practical. No. Why? Cause he kicked somebody and then they just stayed down. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: right. And then he would have to run cause he's not the fastest guy and you just run and then hit him. So that's where it got a little ridiculous. But if you notice, especially in WCW, he used to cold cock some people with that thing.
0: Well, if you just watch the very first one right here, he's wrestling Finley, Fit Finley. And just watch, its he hits him with his with his calf, not the heel. But he catches Finley, at least in this angle, it looks like he hits Finley in the back of the head. Like, look at it. Or, or, or Finley just sold the piss out of it. Yeah. So that's why I mentioned, like, Again, like you said, it's not the most practical thing because again, who's gonna just stand there and wait for you to scissor kick them? Like nobody's gonna do that. But if you actually did catch somebody with, especially your heel, dude, if you hit somebody in the heel in the back of the head, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they might not wake up for a few days. I mean, yeah. like I, I, I mean, I, I think I told this story once on BTT years ago. I remember having a match one time and. I don't remember what the move was, but I take a bump and he's cheap. Some of these cheap independent wrestling rings ain't worth a crap. Well, the, a board, because you know, it's just, it's just like two by 12s on a lot of rings that are stretched from, you know, it's just a bunch of two by 12s that you hear clanking when you're slammed. A board popped up. And it banged me in the back of my head when I took a bump. I, I saw star I never blacked out but I saw stars And like I remember for a few moments I couldn't see nothing like I just was there and then I kind of don't remember much else for a minute I know I wasn't blacked out because I was told I didn't black out and I was I kept going it was like I don't know what I I couldn't tell you what I did or how but I kept going so I'm always cautious to that whenever I any move that you're getting somebody in the back of the head is just you know if you really did that to someone yeah you're gonna maybe kill him too that's the other part dude you're, you're it's gonna be lights out forever if you get catch him bad enough now I'm not saying Booker wasn't careless I don't think that at all I, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time but yeah, if you really could you hit somebody in the back of the head like that, especially with your heel, man. Yeah. Pff, turn the yeah. lights out, party's over. You know what I mean? Right? Shit. <laughs> and, this and is just, a good one. This is a good yeah. one.
1: And and it, it reminds me of one of it was a um one of those Hogan DVDs WWE put out. And he actually mentioned uh, that him and Paul Orendorf Orndor- had a little beef in their feud in the eighties. For a little bit, because Orndorff was taking some shots to the back of his head. Mm. You know, like he and I forgot what move he said it was. Either it was just a fist, and he was just wrapping it around or something. Uh, but he kept hitting him in the back of the head, and he was like, "Dude, top." And it's for that reason that I described that you described. It's it's a really sensitive area, and you know, if you had to really. Forced me to pick a part of the brain that that I had to keep. It would so be the back of my of my brain, <laughs> the occipital region, because that's the that's the thing that drives you to be alive. Yeah. Okay. And that's and yet again. Not only do your eyes go back there, but the parts that that sustain balance and your perception and depth perception and stuff. A lot of those nerves go to the back of your brain, and it. Really, if you see what happens to folks when that part of their brain gets uh damaged, oh, my God. I mean, that, those are the folks that are veg, uh in a vegetative state. Those are the people who are on ventilators all the time because mm. that drive to breathe isn't there. Wow.
0: This is a good one. This was a good one because mm-hmm. um, that move, again, <laughs> practically speaking, nobody's just going to stand there and wait for it. Right. But – <laughs> but but if if you did hit somebody in that manner, I mean, let's be real. It's almost it's it's it would be like hitting somebody in the back of the head with a baseball bat. I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah, well,
1: yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly the equivalence.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. That's a good one. All right. Let's go to the next one. The the drop kick. So you wanted to talk about drop kicks. So I'm, I'm going to let you take this one over and talk about
1: drop kicks. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about the, the classic drop kick kick not necessarily shotgun where it's you know um just essentially front forward boom um but but the same goes so one of the most powerful things we can do as far as striking uh as humans is to strike with our heels when our leg is cocked up okay because our legs generate the most force in, in the body both men and women Okay, just because why the muscles are far bigger in the lower limbs than the upper limbs. Okay, and so that's one thing you have to uh, keep in mind. And so, to get the maximum amount of force in a striking technique with a leg, having both your knee and your hip bent and then extended out in an explosive manner will generate that force, okay? And so, with that being said, there's a reason why the dropkick in the 60s and 70s, aside from, you know, not a lot of people could do it from an athletic standpoint, but two, it is a very dangerous move if done correctly. And so, if done correctly, the dropkick, if we're aiming it, and I'm just going to take it from that part I was telling you with J.Y.D., from the breastbone up to the face. Okay? couple of things that would happen. The amount of force generated from a dropkick where both your feet connect on the person. Okay? You could break somebody's jaw. You can break somebody's nose, not only the nose, because the weakest part of your face is right at your nose in the center, because those are the thinnest plated bones in your face, and it's just nothing but soft bone for the majority of your nose. And so if somebody is kicking you there, what's going to happen is you'll crack that nose, one, that's going to impair your breathing because a lot of blood is going to come out. Two, those small plated bones will crack. And those can have collateral damage as far as nerves around there. But more importantly, sometimes bones can jut up into the eye. And that can happen. And so you could cause some serious eye trauma with a drop kick. On top of that, hitting somebody clean in the chest. Now, if you're going to hit them in the breastbone, there's a good chance you can crack somebody's breastbone if hit the right way and hit at the lower part of your breastbone and not right at your collarbones because that's the strongest part of your breastbone. And so if you hit somebody at that lower part, you could crack somebody's chest. Okay, you're definitely going to knock the wind out of them. And especially if you're hitting somebody in the face and the chest, you're going to knock somebody out or you're going to knock the wind out of them and it's going to cause a pinfall. And that person may not get up or they need to go to the ER ASAP. Because the damage I just described in the face, especially with the nose and those facial bone fractures, you're going to be in the hospital and you're going to get surgery. Okay.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, because you can end up uh, losing an eye, causing increased pressure or damage to the eye. You're going to impede the upper airways at the nose, so you have to repair that. You could definitely knock people's teeth out. Also, if you break somebody's jaw, okay, they're not going to be able to open their mouth for a few months because the way you really repair somebody's jaw is you go in and you you pretty much wire it together, fuse it together, and you have that person not talk for about a month. Yeah. Okay. And so a dropkick is very, very underrated. It's bastardized, you know by a lot of people because yeah. they do it sloppy aka Dusty Rhodes in the late 80s worst dropkick of all time okay <laughs>
0: yeah it was a little big to be doing that but uh, you know
1: yeah yeah and I remember uh Slick bragging about one man no I'm sorry Akeem being the largest guy on the planet to do a dropkick <laughs> which I've seen <laughs> one man gang do but it's like that's not nothing to brag about, about like <laughs> It's a terrible drop kick. Like he's barely yeah. hitting anybody with it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I think I've seen him do it on video a few times, and it's like, okay, <laughs> <You're> right?
1: Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I the drop kick is an interesting one because you're right. If you really legitimately got both feet into a guy's jaw or head or throat or, you know, boy, you would do damage. I kind of equated to if. Chris Adams legitimately hit you with his super kick. I mean, yes, yes, it, would, it, it might kill you. I mean, that's mm-hmm, how because mm-hmm. it was so strong if he caught you in the right spot. So um, the drop kick, it kind of surprises me. It was on your list, but then again, it doesn't when you describe just how painful it could be and how deadly it could be. If you really, really did hit somebody
1: with. Yeah. We're here to talk about the moves that you don't think about. Right. Yeah. Cause remember, remember Rocky Johnson had the best drop kick in the business right yeah. Vern Gagne had the best drop kick in the business and for a short second if you really watch velocity a lot Bob Holly used to crack people with that damn drop kick
0: yeah Bob Holly was a was a stiff old dude bro. He, yeah he, he was yeah he <laughs> didn't he didn't care but you know we're watching it we got this video looping in the background um, as we talk about it on the for the video version aspect of this and you know you can see some of these drop kicks these guys are throwing and I mean they're they're making serious contact. Like, you know.
1: Yeah, they're it's, going in. It's,
0: yeah, it's some, you know, not only do you have a drop kick, but the guy's coming off the ropes towards the guy. So you got two pieces of momentum there. One force is jetting you the other way, and the other one is bringing you towards the kick. So, it, you know, like you said, it, again, it wouldn't be one that you would think of. You're like, oh, that's a deadly move. But... If you legitimately did it again, if you put yourself in that environment and somebody hit you with it that hard, boy, it would do some damage. Yeah. Now this lights out. <laughs> any other thoughts on the drop kick, Doctor Blassie?
1: No, that was straightforward.
0: Now this next one, I kind of get it, but I think you're gonna have to sell the people on this one. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I know. <laughs> Tell I, the people yeah, what it is. It, it's good that we saved this for last. last actually, it's the big. Boot in the Immortal Leg Drop by Hulk Hogan. Okay? <laughs> and, and I'm going to say this right now. Um, you have to do the big boot. You have to do the big boot for this. Okay? Looking at Hogan's uh, whole arsenal, the running axe bomb he used in Japan, where he just basically does the, the, the uh, axe handle smash running and hit somebody in the chest or the face. That's actually a very devastating move, okay? Because you've got a guy that is Herculean coming overhead and putting all of his upper body force down on you. We can all see how that works. But the leg drop, whoo, Hogan, whoo, okay? So this was the second hardest one after the shake, rattle, and roll. And I came to the conclusion for this to be effective, he has to set you up with the big boot. And what happens with the big boot? So much like with the drop kick, it's a similar mechanism, okay? You're going one way, you're coming towards him, but here's the thing, he's instantly stopping you with his boot. He can get away with it because he, at his prime, 300-and-some pounds... Six foot six, six foot seven, whatever he was, right, jacked. And so if you got that big heel, big boot in your face, what's going to happen? One, you're going to break a jaw or you're going to dislocate somebody's jaw, okay? And you're going to cause a concussion. That's important because, one, what are the vital structures between the nose and the top of your breastbone? your trachea or your windpipe, your thyroid, which is a very important gland that sits right at your Adam's apple, right at the lower part of your neck. Also, you have a small bone at the top of your windpipe. And then on each side of your windpipes, you have the biggest supply of blood to the brain from the heart called the carotid arteries, okay? Dislocating somebody's jaw, which if you have that much pressure with that big a leg, is very plausible, okay? If you dislocate your jaw, you're disrupting the integrity of your neck architecture. And potentially, and what you see in a lot of Hulk Hogan's uh, matches, we're to assume you knock somebody out, or at least get their, you know, they, they get their bell rung, and they fall down, okay? So that's the setup. Jaw damage, facial damage, okay? Now, the reason I don't say the the nose break and all that, um, and and maybe you can co-sign or, or tell me if I'm wrong, Mike. Have you ever seen Hulk Hogan really get his foot up there to hit somebody in their forehead? You know, unless they're um,
0: short. Yeah, it would. I mean, and this is Jericho in here he's with right now. And even then, as Jericho, I've got it frozen on the video, as Jericho comes back at him he's i mean his heel is by jericho's chin trachea and his right. the top of his boot is you know maybe close to the forehead but the, the bottom line is he's not nailing him in the forehead and jericho is not a tall man so it you would you would have to have somebody in there who's like probably literally five foot six for him to right Right. for him to really catch in the top of the head. So, you know, off top of my head, I you know, I wasn't a big Hogan guy, but no, I don't really recall seeing him hitting anyone in the very top of the head. And you made a good point. I never thought of until this moment. It, he had to do the goddamn big boot because the freaking leg drop wasn't shouldn't have beat nobody, even though I'm sure it did here and there. But, yeah, wow. um, it's a, it's a great point. It's like, sure, you're absolutely right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. And so so you have to have the big boot. And the reason I say he didn't hit anybody in the forehead, he would have had to hit somebody heel straight to nose to cause the facial fractures that we described with the drop kick. Uh, and, And he just doesn't do that consistently enough, but he is consistently going to the jaw area. And so jaw dislocation, break, fracture is very plausible. Okay, so let's go to the next phase and let's get to the leg drop in this video.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I hope it doesn't cut off uh, too quickly, but so here he goes and then he drops the leg. Boom.
1: Boom. Okay, so two things that are happening. Okay, or let me tell you, there's two things that can possibly happen. One, at baseline, okay if we're if he's had if he has his singular leg coming down in that area okay one with the damage already there the rapid violent compression of his big ass leg and pelvis coming down essentially on your upper chest and his leg, leg coming on your neck because of that rapid compression from that move, the air that's trapped in the lungs can try to forcefully come out of your throat. However, (laughs) right, however, if you're unconscious or you've got um, a broken jaw, which makes it a little harder for air to come out, and then the opening between your vocal cords, whenever there's a rapid compression of air, or movement of air and compression of your chest, there's a natural reflex for the space between your vocal cords to close. Okay. And that area is called your glottis. Okay. So when your glottis closes and that air is coming up, that could potentially rupture your windpipe. Okay. I know. I know. Right. So, that could potentially rupture your windpipe and or the weakest bone in your body as far as the, well, I shouldn't say weakest, just the easiest bone to break in your body is your collarbone. And And it's from a myriad of reasons. But him landing in that spot could break your collarbone. So not only would you have facial trauma, but you could potentially have a ruptured trachea Windpipe, possibly punctured lung because of that air movement from that compression, okay, plus a broken collarbone, which could definitely keep you down for a count of three from a pain standpoint. And so that's why I say for Hogan's leg drop to work, you have to have that initial trauma from the big boot because his style of leg drop, and I specifically for him, not Undertaker. Not Yokozuna, Hogan, his leg drop is consistently on the neck and upper chest all the time, okay? And so with that, that's the only thing. Now, as far as your thyroid being compromised, it's so dense and fibrous that the energy that's coming in that area is going to dissipate throughout all that soft tissue in your neck, like your muscles and the other organs, and you're potentially going to damage that carotid artery. Okay, so you have a lot of structures to kind of go with. It's a, lot of, it's a cushiony, squishy kind of um, gland, so you may not get too much damage. I'd be more worried about your carotid or your jugular getting sliced because of him coming down with that compression on top of having a potentially broken. And when we uh, talk about fractures in medicine, when we say displaced, meaning you can have a crack in your bone or you can have a crack and the the two ends of those cracked bones are not meeting, right? So you can have a jagged piece of bone that'll rip one of those big uh, arteries or veins in that neck. So potentially Hulk Hogan, could put you lights out. <laughs> could put you in the hospital ICU potentially could kill you. And <laughs> on the flip, and and this is what we have to keep in mind. Hulk Hogan is a big dude. That's where the damage is coming from.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's true. I didn't think about right. that. He's yeah he's, right. big.
1: he's a big dude, right? He probably could, you know, in his prime In his prime. This is a guy who probably easily was squatting plus north of 600 pounds, probably benching north of 325, right? So he had a lot of muscle mass on top of his overall being tall. Juiced or not, don't worry about all that, everybody. Juiced or not, it don't matter, okay? If you got a major league pitcher who's not juiced or anything like that, don't take a freaking right-hand hook from them because they know exactly how to work their arm. They'll turn their arm into a shotgun and it'll go right against your head. It's the same thing with Hulk Hogan. That's what you got to put. He was the world champion at one point. This is where the fame's coming. He's world champ. He knows what he's doing, Mike. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So in my technical analysis of that, this is what I'm seeing could possibly happen. Okay? So what am I saying, Mike? hulk hogan took it easy oh god
0: on everybody. Is, i gotta i gotta admit when you first came up with we you were telling me yeah well i'm gonna come up with a list of five not necessarily a top five but you know just five i would have never thought you would have put hulk hogan on that list because i mean two reasons one you're a southern wrestling guy like me yeah. Yeah. uh You know, all of us are on BTT. I mean, that's what we grew up on. I mean, Mike Pru and JV, you know, they do the ECW show, and they kind of grew up on the WWF and and, uh, ECW. But, like, for me and everyone else, uh, we all were Southern wrestling folks. I will say this. I would not have thought of Hogan's big boot and leg drop, but I I can honestly say, again, if you put yourself in that world, if you legitimately – if he legitimately gave somebody that boot and they came flying off – the ropes at him. I mean, just the foot smashing you in the front of your face or potentially throat or jaw and everything else nose. that's enough that you probably out cold, but I didn't even think the leg drop used to look so lazy to me. I'm like, Oh, here we go. But what you're saying is if you legitimately did drop that big old heavy leg Mm -hmm. (laughs) on, Mm -hmm. on a man and, and didn't work it, well, there'd be some damage.
1: Right. Uh and yet again, the and that's why I said specifically him. Yeah. If you if you want to see a lay drop that'll kill you, the the one lo- Yokozuna did to him at King of the Ring, that's it. Why? Cuz Yokozuna was huge. It's a Yeah. The 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 true the, the true uh mass of Yokozuna coming down on you with his leg yeah that's the wrap that's the wrap because the center of everybody's uh, gravity the majority of concentrated potential energy is in the thigh to pelvic region and so you're feeling whatever force is stored up right then and there okay and that's all dead weight (laughs) that's all dead weight coming down
0: yeah yeah, that, it's just, I, I'm honestly never would have thought about it. I mean, I, I still, you know, I'm still not a Hogan fan for the record. But no. um, but no. but um, I mean, it's just like anything else. Like if if and you gotta put you gotta you gotta put yourself in that world. If and it's a big if, you legitimately had that person come at you and your boot is sitting there because let's be real, Hogan's got a big foot and that big ass boot catching you in the mm-hmm. face would do some damage. It would. It it would hurt, you know. There's no other way to say yeah. it. It would hurt.
1: Yeah, like I, honestly, so out of all, I and I'll tell you this, Army. I I enjoyed researching this episode. Um, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie though, and say doing this was kind of hard as far as watching a lot of the compilations and stuff because his leg drop. Draw- there was a compilation I watched. It was like a, a five minute all boots compilation, which were pretty gnarly. They, they were actually pretty legit. And I was like, man, like Hogan was doing Matt Morgan's carbon footprint before he was. But then there was one with just leg drops from Hogan from like the 80s to now. Ooh, man. Oh man, I see why Terry Funk left the WAF. I you
0: say one man because they look bad.
1: They were bad. They were yeah. bad. And he did one to Funk where Funk was like laying in the right way. Hogan ran in the like decided to go on an angle to try to hit him with the lay drop and tried to twist and like his calf ended up landing on like his feet face like <laughs> it was like awkward looking it and it wasn't even totally perpendicular to him it was at like a 45 degree angle yeah and i'm just sitting there just like and that is an nwa champ ain't that a yeah. bitch Like, i mean like
0: <laughs> you know when you when you talk I, like i don't want to get too far down rabbit hole with hogan's Lack of being able to do anything that looked believable. But when I know, when I used to watch him and, you know, the whole hulking up thing, and he would just do that thing where he'd breathe in your face and he's like, and he points his finger. Boy, if you ever want to get Doc all hot and bothered, just tell him that. Like, and he'll be like, ah, he's, he, he'll go on a rant. I hate that son of a gun. He's like, it's so fake and phony. Yeah. And, You know, I mean, it is, man. Like, it's just like, okay, this is it. Look, it's all for show. I don't want to get down that rabbit hole. But (laughs) with Hogan, it was like, okay. But in this instance, if he really did those moves, um, he might do some damage. And and
1: that's what we're looking at. What is he actually trying to accomplish? And from a, a pure trauma standpoint, there is some legitimate reasoning behind his madness.
0: Yeah,
1: or mania
0: <laughs> yeah or mania or, or, or uh, Hulk, yeah, Hulkamania running wild on you uh, this was interesting so those were your five I never came up with five I wanted to, you know you you were the doctor so my thing was I wanted to hear what you had to say because like I can pick ones that I'm like yeah that could be devastating and like I said the pile driver if you really did DDT someone and you had it cinched in where their head couldn't move at all and you had it you know, high enough where you could actually make their skull crack the ground. Yeah, that would uh-huh. do it. And if you're talking about true to life submission moves, I guess you don't have to do anything other than like tune in the UFC and legitimately look at what a chokehold does. I mean, it doesn't kill you, but well, I guess it could if you held it in long enough. But right, right. It, it, it it would put you out like, you know, there's no other way of saying it. So like there are there are there are obvious like, you know, submission maneuvers that, could do some. I mean, just think of a Boston crab. Holy shit! Ooh, if you put that oof. into somebody and really lean back and tried to, you mm. know, crank back on it, good. You you mm-hmm. would do some serious damage to their back. Serious. So, you know, those are kind of the obvious submission holes and whatnot that I think of. And there's others. Um, I'm sure some of you will think of them out there. And you can comment in the uh, in the thread on Patreon after the episode drops uh, for Patreon members. But yeah. Uh, this is a lot of fun, Doctor I yeah, I um yeah. I hey, enjoyed uh, hearing question. these five that you came up with. Booker T. One was my fa- well. I'm, I'm I'm real quick before your next thing, your question. Booker T. and Bob and uh, JYD of what you chose are my favorite. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, that's just me. I, those are my the, two favorite guys. There, I'll so. I have so, to hey, co-sign
1: with you because I have a soft spot for those two, especially the Booker T. One, because uh, I've been an apologist for Booker T. for a long time. Um, Me too. Yeah, and um, I think at the end of the day, when we're all old and gray, and, and you know when that com- time comes when Booker T is no longer with us, um, I, I just have a feeling he's just going to be so underrated as a champion and as a a competitor. And I will always keep the light up for him because he, and especially for black wrestlers, I mean, he was just the man and he still is like if y'all don't see how good that guy is as far as a wrestling mind and just a love for the business it, it knows no bounds you know and yeah. um he 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 deserves to be in the hall of fame like five times in a row just because
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i i'm look i i can't agree with you more i i loved harlem heat as a team i loved him as a singles wrestler he he is beyond talented when you hear his story it makes you love him even that much more yeah Um, yeah. if you've never seen his a and e biography go watch it um go find it online if you don't have cable it is tremendous and i think doc and i even did a patreon episode on it it was a brief one but booker t is will forever be one of my favorite wrestlers um and, and that's saying something because again like if you can make it in my favorite list and you were one of the Monday night war guys. That's something. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I got nothing mm-hmm. but of respect for Booker. Um, you were oh, about yeah. to ask me a question, though. You you were yeah. you say, hey, I got a question for you.
1: So question. And uh, I'll bring this up to the Army, too. OK, I like this. I, I like this um, topic. I kind of want to do this again uh, with other, you know, either lesser known moves or moves you just really never think of or just like uh, Honky Tonk Man and Hogan just get a real analysis of their moves so if anybody in the army we'll do this show in another uh five six months or so if you have a move you really want me to break down and see how it actually causes damage that's not obvious right like ddt pile driver tiger driver whatever year you know (laughs) We're not going to do that because it's pretty obvious. you land straight on top of your head, the crown of your head. You you might die. Okay. The end. But if there's anything else or even like a combination of moves that you want to see how that actually, like what's the purpose of those two being together? Could we find an actual method to the madness that we could definitely do? Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, I'll definitely pick some, but if if there's like an overwhelming, uh, you know, choice of a few moves from the army, let's do it.
0: So comp like on Patreon comment, the move you're talking about, and then I will see it there and I can pass it along to Dr. Blassie where we can talk about it on the next episode. And we will, uh, I don't want to say we'll, you know we'll see how many we get um we may not be able to get to all of them but we'll see how many we get and then we can tackle them from there and i'll have him it's just content man we just put in the deck for content (laughs) yeah yeah that's it so you can see because i mean look it took us an hour and five minutes to get through five of them so i that's why i said let's uh you know i don't want to say i don't want to get 30 of them them, and then we'll be like well that's going to take five years to pull off (laughs) Right. um that's what i meant so um Yeah, put it in the comments on Patreon and we can we can tackle them uh, once we get there. Uh, But this was this was cool. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I appreciate the Abdullah stuff, the Hannibal stuff, the Hep C education and bloodborne illnesses and all that stuff and viruses. Like, I don't understand that stuff, man. I'm just a. You know, like Harper said, I'm just a guy with one of those four-year degrees. Well, he messes with me one of those associates. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know that stuff. I didn't go to, you know, I didn't get my PhD. So that was interesting. And I did legitimately message Dr. Blassie, like, the next day saying, hey, yeah, I don't yeah, know you if you it. saw it, but can you give me some enlightenment on any of this stuff? Because it, it really hit me. And then I knew I was going to be recording with Sparks, too, and that was the other part. I wanted to make sure... You know, we kind of had some facts together as we talked about it uh, from someone who knows. So there you go, man. I appreciate it, though. Thank you. Uh, I can't thank you enough for being a patron. You know, you basically sponsored this show um, and it is greatly appreciated. Um, I don't know if you're keeping track with the fiasco with Cornette show and the ads. I just watched the YouTube clip of of that stuff. So I don't have to deal with that now. That could be a good thing and a bad thing, but, um, I don't ha- I've never, I, w- let me say this to people. So I have, I have been approached on a few occasions, um, by outfits similar to what he talked about. Um, now there's also through my Podbean feed, you can elect into running ads and they, they will place them for you. Not the way Cornette did it where he would actually talk about the ad, but they likely, mm-hmm. you know, it's a pre-recorded where they put it in. I've elected out of those on the Podbean feed. Cornette had a situation or, you know, what he was dealing with was he was working with, you know, I don't want to say the name of it cause I don't want to get in any legal trouble. But if you mm-hmm. want to just go to YouTube and you can see what I'm talking about, I've had a few outfits like that. Reach out to me to want to do that and sponsor in that way. And they would get ad revenue for us. And I just never have a good feeling about those things. And I don't have the, the uh, legal team that Corny (laughs) does to be able to fight that. So for me, it might not pay off for him. It's going to pay off, but yeah, I've, I've turned it down because I just don't want to try to sell some bull crap that I don't believe in. That's the other thing. Like, if you ever hear me do an ad on the show, the I pr- I promise you it's only because I believe in the product. It, that right, would be the right. only way I do it. Um, other than that, or I have to use it. I have to use the product and believe in it. Other than that, I can't do it. So anyway, I say all that to say, Dr. Blassie is one of our big time Patreon supporters and we are greatly appreciative for his Love it too. Uh, I'm, I'm, generous I'm support of this show. I'm uh,
1: happy to sponsor the show the best I can. And, um, uh, yeah, it's a part of my budget and, uh, I have no regrets about it.
0: And you were, you were, you were the first and largest of the contributors. I, you know, mm-hmm. I think I've said that many times before you heard me on Cornette's show and you're like, let me go check these guys out. And boy, you stuck around and stayed and boy, I'm so glad you found us.
1: Oh yeah, man. Hey, Hey, look, you, you guys, you guys are doing the Lord's work. You guys are, are chronicling a, a area of wrestling that more and more people are either forgetting or just don't know who are wrestling fans. And you I mean, it, it really is important, and we're going to see dividends from this, which I' have done um, 20, 30 years from now, uh, because looking at the old territory wrestling especially like the last great ones like jcp like smoky mountain looking and even looking at the crazy days of wcw yeah we've got to remember this because remember there's nothing we have nothing other than guys like jim Cornette, like conan and stuff who are doing these podcasts who talk about the 50s the 60s the 70s and how it was and and names I've never heard of who were regional guys who have been forgotten uh, to lure at this point. And so it's good that we, we recognize what these uh, guys do, um, what great entertainers they are, how much they gave to the business and uh, the impact they have on us because we're still talking about them, still talking about them
0: yeah and it's you fun know? to talk about it's yeah, yeah i do know right. It's it's so much fun to talk about that stuff man it's just i i love it i mean yeah this is a labor of love i tell people all the time like you know i mean i i still work for a living it's not like i'm even close to being like <laughs> yeah i'm gonna leave my job for like it's a labor of love i i you know it's fun you i get to hang out with my buddies you know once a week mm-hmm. sometimes more um doc's been out on the main show now for a few weeks because he's got scheduling issues with his uh kids soccer schedule which comes first so Crockett's has kind of stepped in and he's been helping us out with the saturday night shows but it's fun man it's a labor of love and um i always say it i'm just talking about stuff i enjoyed when i was younger i mean if you can't beat that
1: you, know. you can't you can't yeah,
0: that's <laughs> you know. fun stuff so all right dr blassie anything else before we get out of here and wrap up this one
1: Well, uh, just to reiterate, like I always say, if you don't have a primary care provider, get one. Your health comes first. And men, make sure your health is taken care of. So be careful and be safe. Especially you young guys that are just young, dumb, and you know what I'm talking about.
0: Yep. Um, I appreciate it once again. If you're done and you ain't got nothing else, hit the tagline and we can roll.
1: Book it, bitch.